Welcome to Tower and Smythe Consulting, a firm fueled by greed, duplicity, and moral decay. I'll give you a pro tip. You want to swim to the top? Lose a dead weight. You call it conscious. Where's my damn coffee? Let's roll it. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. We're all doing the same head bob. I like it. We're all like, yes. Feels like Night of the Roxbury. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is so awesome. <laughs> So that's the uh, the actual song that plays when he's uh, walking into uh, Tyron Smythe Consulting. He's doing the uh, the voiceover. It's a good song. Yep. By the way, let's just <laughs> before we start going into all that, let's all introduce ourselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Horror Movie News, episode six, I believe. Ooh. Woo, woo. And um, as your host, as always, I am Anthony Becerra, and you can follow me everywhere at Tony B Dead T O N Y B D E D. Hey, how's it going? My name is Carrie Lane. You can follow me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And I'm Oliver Drennan. Follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. Hey, Oliver. Hey, Oliver. What? Who's that next to you? Uh, hi. Uh, I'm th- Joe Lynch, and that's at the Joe Lynch. T-H-E-J-O-E-L-Y-N-C-H. It's Joe hi, Lynch, Oliver. guys. It's hi. Joe Lynch, I guys. Totally, yeah. it's Joe this, Lynch just felt, guys. this just felt I, right. No, it I felt natural. Oh, I totally thought this was the intern that was getting us coffee. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, Julie. And I'm here so it sorry. is. Oh, so Just Voila. the way you like it. Sprite. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have Joe Lynch in studio today. Yay. And what a pleasure. Stop, 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 stop. No, no. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, okay, stop. <laughs> the great director, too. May have. Ooh, Ooh God, you, you, your intros are just second to none. Can you come to the to the, the <laughs> premiere screening on Friday and just, just be day. the MC for it? Just any day. I'm done. I'm there for you, Joe. But you have to come in the blood. I'll I'll come yeah. dressed no in blood, like Carrie yeah, style. No That's on the dress code. Yeah, this has to be on the dress code. Done. The, the, this is the easiest green light ever. It was so simple. <laughs> green light. You heard it here first. Anthony Vasari confirms. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. First off, let's take care of some quick business. Where to follow us, this amazing podcast, on uh, YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network, or you can follow us on Twitter at the at Horror News PTN, and lastly, on our website, PopcornTalkNetwork.com. And now, let's get into our first segment, The Abyss. What have we been watching this past week? The uh, Abyss. The Abyss. <laughs> oh, no. Le- Leviathan. No. No. Deep Star Six. Damn it. I'm, 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 I know it's one of those underwater movies. Oh, you, you, that's, the, that's the segment. That's yeah. the segment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it's okay. Everyone gets that mixed up. I it's failed okay. already. It's, okay. it's new, though. so it's okay. You can pass. <laughs> All right. Thank God. So, first up, what I saw... Um, so I, this is everything that you guys have watched since last week, since or the, since yeah, last episode. Yeah. Since about last, last episode, like what we've covered, what we've seen, anything really. Um, mainly horror, uh, but you can throw. I mean, you can throw some whatever you could. I was actually going to talk about um, one of the binge last ones. watch Fuller House. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. That's season horror. three. That, that is terrifying. <laughs> that, actually, that's horror, so. sadly, it's very terrifying. Sorry, go real, ahead. Real talk, though, I saw the whole first season. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up watching. So Fuller you want to go watch uh, Battle Royale <laughs> yeah, and let's, let's let go. these two Bye, do a guys. recap uh, right. of, yeah. of Fuller House? Fuller House Only what? the first season. Only the first. <laughs> You're not, not going to get that time more. back. Yeah, you know, not one it's gone. It's, it's I, Netflix I, is now. I, 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 I acknowledge that, and I'm just going to have to live with it. You know. Okay. So my mistake. Member berries. I blame the member berries. Yes. I want nostalgia. First movie I got up. Chopping Mall. Nice. That sounds fun. Jim Wynorski. was fun. It was quite... Oh, it's so funny. So this mall um, pretty much uh, strikes a deal with some company. They have uh, three large robots that are just going to be security for the mall at night. 
And of course, the same night they have them installed, there's a there's a lightning strike. And of course, they go, of As course, there is. and they go haywire. And at the same time, there just happens to be a gang of uh, teenagers who are having a party in the furniture store, and um, things go down oh. in all manners of the sense. Yes. <laughs> But what was great about that movie was that it was in the it was an '80s movie that uh, Jim Wynorski, if you know any of his movies at all, he's done a lot of Corman films, mm-hmm. and uh, so you have um, alumnus from the Corman movies like Mary Warnov and Paul Bartel. If you've ever seen like Eating Raoul or um, Death Race 2000, you know it's like there's the that, yeah. usual Corman stable of actors in this, and also the usual Corman stable of terrible effects. But people, <laughs> but but at the same time, when like when I saw that movie. I saw that movie when it first came out on video and that was at the time where there was that like robot butler that everyone was trying to get and this was like right before the NES had the robot that everybody wanted that broke down so it was kind of a mix between those (laughs) It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline two together and you were mm. like I want a robot butler slash NES uh, robot meets a security guard just not with those bad effects right um, but yeah I remember loving that movie as a kid because plus it's bloody as hell too oh yeah it was really great um, actually the uh, death of the week is actually from this film but we'll get to that in a bit um uh, the second one I'm, movie I did see um, was Knights of Badass I'm so sorry mm. I started Directed I by finish it. thank god <laughs> No, no, believe me. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even finish it either. I, I tried. And I normally finish like every movie. I will not. So I have it on my queue still. Nope. I, believe me, I, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, no, it's... it's uh, do you guys know Don Coscarelli? Mm. He did Beastmaster yes. and oh. Phantasm movies. Oh, and yeah, yeah. John yeah. Dies and Phantasm, yeah. Bubba Hotep, all those movies. Yeah. Right? Oh, I want, I'm, so, I want uh, to see that. So I had a very tough time making Knights of Badassdom, and you can you can read about it. It's all out there. Just Google Knights of Badassdom, and then like Google bad, Google Knights of Badassdom, comma Joe Lynch, comma Hell, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd probably find plenty of, of talk about that. But um, uh, when when you make a movie, it's it's hard because you want to make sure that everybody knows like your vision for the film and mine was heavily compromised on that one so mm. much so that I kind of I actually went to the DGA and tried to do the Alan Smithy thing mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, and the politics behind actually making that happen are so complex that I was hmm. just like screw it I'm, I'm gonna forget it I, like because if you take your name off of a movie you lose the residuals too mm. and I just thought like for that eight dollars that I'm gonna get from residuals <laughs> from people watching this piece of crap fine why not so uh, on uh, on our podcast, the movie crypt, right? Movie right. crypt, uh, <laughs> cheap shameless plug. Uh, we had Don on the show, and I grew up loving the Beastmaster, Mark Singer, those ferrets ripped torn. It's like <laughs> who didn't? You know, mm-hmm. like, but that movie was something that I loved as a kid, 
And we started talking about how much we love Beastmaster. Mm -hmm. And watching his face, it was almost like someone shoved a lemon in his mouth. He just went, mmm. <laughs> but I recognized that face. It's the same face that I got when people would be like, oh, yeah, I like Nights of Badass. And I'd be like, no, you're wrong. No, no, no. Let me tell you the 25 reasons. Here's my Uproxx list of the 25 things that are messed up with Nights of Badass. Uh, but when, when I said that, his face changed. And I went, what's wrong? He goes, they took the cut away from me. And in that moment, everything changed for me perspective-wise, especially about, like, dealing with movies that you might not like. But, again, once you're done with the movie, the movie's not yours anymore. It's the audience's. And whatever baggage that they come to it, you have no control over that. They could have a shitty day. They could have, you know, uh, did I, was I not allowed to say that? No, you can. <laughs> Sorry. It's they had the internet. A, they had a poo-poo day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's so many factors that go into an audience taking in a movie, taking in a story. And I can't control that. Mm -hmm. But there have been fans of that movie. And, and who am I to say, like, no, you're not allowed to like that movie? You know, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not my job. But hearing that and hearing that coming from a director whose movie I grew up loving as a kid and now realizing in context that it wasn't his movie either, it changed everything for me. So, uh, so now I go like, all right, you watched that movie. <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's all I got to say about that. As a director, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you can't say anything about the movie at all. Do you think you're just kind of, are you as a director kind of like your own worst enemy? Are you like really self-critical or? I think every director should be self-critical in certain respects because it just kind of pushes him or her further mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. um, for that one, just knowing kind of what we were intending, because we were intending for it to be go the Goonies for grown-ups. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not supposed to have any of the Scott Pilgrim crap in the background with all the, the buttons, you know, like all the hit points and everything, mm -hmm. and right. all that gratuitous VO and all that stuff. None of that was a mm. creative choice done by us. It was done by the accountants at the company that was investing. Oh. Yeah. Trust me, long Investors. story. But that's when you have a movie that kind of loses its captain in a way. I'm not saying that I was, you know, anybody of any worth, but I had a very clear vision. And then because they just went like, see ya. Mutiny. Um, it wasn't even a mutiny. It was just that, you know, the, the one guy there who, who saw Shaun of the Dead twice. So he knows everything about <laughs> horror comedies. That was an actual quote. Um, don't worry, I got this. I saw Shaun of the Dead twice. Oh my! Aww. And I love Shaun of the Dead, but yeah. still, like that's the one movie that you're using as a reference point for us. Like, ugh, I don't know, man. Like that's 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 troublesome. Um, but seeing where the movie could have gone and where it is now, it's two different movies, you know. So hopefully someday, maybe in the 10th anniversary or something like that, which is coming up in three years. Oh God, um, <laughs> maybe like there there has been talk about doing the direct finishing the director's cut, and really it's done. It's just the effects need to be finished. Mm -hmm. And fun note: here's a little fun note for you. All the visual effects in the movie are unfinished. What? Oh. So that vortex that's yeah. flying up above the. All of that oh, is the temp that version. Really weird. Yeah, it's the that. temp effects that we had the visual effects company do for us, so that we can show it in screenings. They weren't finished, mm. but they are. They're in the movie. They're there. Yeah. So you know, and believe me, I, I watch it. and I go like, why, why? Like we we had it was going to be good. So maybe it'll be yeah. more interesting now approaching it with some of the backstory. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I'll tweet you and be like, Godspeed. I finished. Godspeed. Yeah. Like, if, finished if, you, if you make it through someday, you will get, uh, you'll get a, a firm handshake. Okay. Yes, for a sense of accomplishment. Yes. Okay. For what it was, I, 
genuinely enjoyed it. After all that, you should just be yeah. like, eh, well, okay, moving on. You know, <laughs> that thing. And yeah. so, past that, um, I, it's not horror, but I did see Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I mean, Hell yeah. yeah. I saw it last like, night. It was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it was great. I saw like, it today. Did oh, you like really? it? Oh, wow. I liked it. I thought it was really fun. It, it's the most fun Marvel movie yet. Oh, yeah. And that's saying a lot because I do enjoy the Marvel movies. I like the serialization mm-hmm. of it. I like the different voices that are coming into it mm-hmm. now. Everybody from your Shane Blacks to your James Guns to mm-hmm. your Taikas now. Just to see that Marvel is willing to release the reins a little bit from it having that kind of house style right. and that mm-hmm. house tone, mm-hmm. which is fine when you're making something, you know, like like when they were really kind of world building the MCU. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense to not like veer away from it. But now they're in their kind of like cool artsy fartsy phase. Like remember when Disney in the 70s, like if you look at The Fox and the Hound and Robin Hood. Love that one. And, um, which one? I love both of those. <laughs> but like there, there was this weird kind of sketchier style. Yeah. And if you Robin Hood definitely it, yeah. it, it didn't they almost looked unfinished at points. Mm-hmm. It just had like this kind of cool, almost hipper kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out later that um, all the animators were just getting high, you know <laughs> so that, that's kind of what lended to it. but but the, the fact that Disney was able to g- give a little bit more free reign to these animators who were coming in past the old Turks mm-hmm. and, and kind of doing their thing, it, it kind of born some amazing new designs for Disney. And I think the same thing applies here for Marvel, where they're letting directors who normally wouldn't be able to have the the kind of field to play in bring their own style to it while still keeping it in canon, you know? Mm. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but I hated the first two Thor movies. Yeah, Not a fan. A lot of people didn't. And this is the first Thor movie that I really genuinely loved. And I, I think it's one of their best movies. Mm-hmm. I think that's just me. That's just on my list. Right. Well, a list that I'm coming some, up with right now. It has some horror because of our, the villain, essentially. Oh, yeah. She's oh, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Oh yeah. my god, I love the effects. Her. Even even oh. the effects had kind of like goddess um, of death. Come on, that's who horror. wasn't oh, rooting she, for her? She was awesome. She was amazing. Yeah. Like they finally have a, a, a very worthy. Adversary. Uh, yeah. I want to know where all the blades come from. It totally made me think of there's an anime, um, and it's like Unlimited Blade Works from, uh, I'm like, oh, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works. Oh, and I'm like, wait, where does she keep getting them from? And there's a thing. I, I, you know what? I was more concerned about her headpiece <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. falling <laughs> off at points where it's like, and yeah. now I'm going, uh, It looked very heavy. It looked very it heavy. Looked, no, I like the, like, how the, the design was and amazing. disappears. Yes. I really wanted her just to spearhead someone with him. Just like, eh, I right? thought it was going to happen at one right? point. Like, During yeah. that one fight, I thought was, she was going to take one dude out and just, just like fling no. him and him fly in the not, background. Not one been. person got impaled on that crowd. Or just like impale him and then have the blood just come <laughs> over her. Just, yeah. I would have been fine with that. It would have been great if someone got impaled and then she smoothed out her hair and they fell out oh. of her hair from there. Yes. I'll see you for the sequel. Right? Mm. <laughs> she's got she, to come back. Come on. She has to. She'll come back. Infinity War. There's, uh, yeah, they're speculating exactly. that. Uh, and you didn't really... Nope. No spo- spoiler alert. Like, you didn't really see... I'm on no body and no proof. Anticlimactic. Pictures or it didn't happen. What? We can... Spo- spo- well, that's that's Smart. fair enough. <laughs> $122 million worth of people saw it this weekend, so yeah. I'm sure that some of yeah. your viewers yeah. watched it. She didn't die. Yeah. Actually, I didn't... Wait, hold on. I didn't see the second... 
um, Thor? after Thor? credits. Oh, it's oh. just comedic. Oh. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah, it with, it was, uh, was it with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my him God. Being silly. He was just yeah. improving, you know. Yeah. Jeff, Go- Jeff Goldblum being, being Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. Like he, did he try to sell Apartments.com at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, I'm shocked, actually. That's, that's shocking. <laughs> it would have worked, actually. It would have worked. It totally would have worked. Anything that came out of his mouth would have been totally fine. He could have started like quoting Jurassic Park and be like, droppings, droppings, drop, and I would have been fine with it. I would have been totally. He could have started talking about Brundleflies. I would have been fine. <laughs> oh with my it. god, like fly. totally fine yeah. with it. Um, yeah, it was definitely worth the watch for that last uh, credit sequence. And then he could have uh, just skateboarded the whole apartments dot com. Do you guys the, have people uh, getting up during your credits? I just, yeah, I, I never I, understand that. Still, with I, after the first guys. one, I had to go. You know, so okay. it was a necessity. No, no, these were like, the slow. Are you oh no, not get like, out of here! Like the movies, there's still movies. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah, you know. should know this by now. Yeah, yes. yeah. you should have been trained by no now. No excuse. Come on. All right, on to our second segment. Wait, did, oh wait, oh, wait. my god! Wow, you're and then just we, I'm so excited. Oh, my well, I was gonna say, no, okay, my fine. other people. I forgot. What are your I picks? Me, me, me. I was waiting for you. Stranger Things two. I finished that. Oh yeah, I'm like halfway through. I, some people bitched about certain things in it where you're like, just stop. You're just, just looking stop. for something They're to dumb bitch about. Things to bitch for about. Stranger it's things. very fun. Yeah, yeah it's no. very fun. It continues like the vibe of one, mm-hmm. but it's a little different. And like, I don't like p- saying like season one is better, worse kind of a thing. I just think it. I felt like it was the same thing, and then they continued further. Perfect. That's all you and want. It's, I enjoyed it very immensely, and then I watched a, a Bollywood movie called Krish, and it's a Bollywood Krish. superhero movie. How was it? <laughs> it was. It was ish. Cheesy. Uh, well, his name is Krishna, and he becomes a superhero, and so he just shortens his name to Krish because someone's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Krish," because I don't gets, know if Chris, he gets superpowers who are from you? aliens. Krish. <laughs> yeah. Krish. He's ish. Yeah. Should have gone with Krish. It's. Fu- I'm curious for the other ones because there's a better. second and a third. And oh, there's one? a trilogy. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it's Bollywood, right? It is. So. Yeah, I'm like, and but there's another one that's like a superhero one that's way more entertaining, but it's more modern. So I'm kind of wondering if they got better, like when they were made more recently. Were the requisite dance numbers in it? Absolutely. I worked on a an in uh, an, a Bollywood film <gasps> back in '98, nice. and it Which was in one? New York City. Uh, this movie called Miha Booba, yeah, okay. with at the time their leading action As star. Wait, who? <clears throat> I, I would I would <laughs> be mangling his name very very quickly. Is uh, it Shahrukh Khan? <laughs> He's one of the big famous Maybe. ones. We'll have to look up sure. the picture later. I'll if be you, like, if you look up Miha Booba, um, but it was amazing to watch. You know, they would have these very normal, almost like Nora Ephron esque uh, romantic comedy scenes in New York City. And then all of a sudden, the camera would pan over, and you're looking at like the the bench from Woody <laughs> Allen's Manhattan, and then and then there's a whole goddamn dance sequence going <laughs> yeah. on right next door. Yep. like it was and beautiful, and to watch like all the people, and I was just a PA, so I'm just trying to like make people like move on. There's nothing to see here, but there is obviously something to see here, and it's majestic looking. Uh, it was it was so cool to see that happen, like just to go to all these different locations and just basically plop about eight dancers and let them do their thing and it looked like they choreographed it perfectly for wherever their setting was. 
Nice. You know, it was so. It was really cool. Anyway, sorry. There's my. No, that's There's my cool. Indian. Yeah. Um, there's my Bollywood story. <laughs> I'm getting it all. I'm getting all the stories out. Thought you, you know, right? you seen Bollywood? You worked on a Bollywood. Really, really, small really world cool. in this industry. Yeah. Small yeah. World. What, what are your? Yeah. Nothing too exciting. I wrote. I, I, I watched Walking Dead, and I'm like the only person hey. still watching that show. I'm, I'm watching it. Oh my god! I watch it every week. Do you like it? I love it. I I'm obsessed with it. I think I'm I'm still watching it just because I watched it for so many years, and I think it's you're invested in the characters. I am absolutely Carol. That's my queen. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, sometimes it's just really hard, you know, because it's really hard to transition from comics sometimes yeah. onto the live action. And I'm not a big fan of King Ezekiel. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they did in this most previous episode. You know, they brought back mm-hmm. a character from season one, yep. and I just thought that was it was. I'm just going to say anticlimactic, like for me. Interesting. I, I just I was like, you're going to do that, but mm, didn't. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm watching Walking Dead. Um, do you have any thoughts on the episode? Without, uh, without, without can, spoiling anything, spoil I'm a sucker. Want. I'm a sucker for the show. Like, yeah. and I I watched it from the first episode. I've I've watched it. It was very surreal um, watching the show and then going to work. And one of the people that's on the show was at work. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be yeah. like, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that Negan, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be rough. And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, I know, I know. And then it would be very awkward. I'd be like, all right, so they're going to work on our little crappy uh, uh, horror movie here um, before you go back to uh, to Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love that show. I thought it would, like, I'm just, I'm invested in the characters and yeah, I, I kind of have to, no matter what, even when, even when, you know, things kind of veer a little more into the mediocre side, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so attuned to the show yeah. at this point and I love watching these characters evolve i mean like steven in particular going from the pizza boy mm-hmm. to being really the heart of the show but before yeah you know mm-hmm. spoiler alert he dies <laughs> my bad um, that's been out for too long so, yeah. yeah you'd be surprised how many people are like dude really i'm like <laughs> come on right at this point yeah. really um so i, I want to see it through to the end yeah. i'm not a fan of fear the walking dead that one lost me yeah. early on i've only seen the first season it's it's it, it's a show but yeah, Walking Dead. But you have another one uh, oh, yes. that I, I'm very interested are you, in. You, you, you see I, I did. I peeped. Reading I'm like, mm, Dude, how did you guys know? What's you, Oliver watching? Oh. Well, yeah, I actually rewatched this this past weekend. I've seen it like two years ago when it first came out. Um, 2015 is when mm-hmm. it first came out. The Nightmare, it's a documentary. I found it on Netflix. I was just like scrolling and I was like, huh, this is a documentary. Rodney Asher. I, yeah. Did you ever see his first documentary? I did not. Oh boy, do I have a movie for you Wait, guys! What is it's it? It's the called? Uh, called Room Two Three Seven. I've heard of it. I just oh, it's, that's the, it's the documentary about the Shining. Shining? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rod, uh, Rodney's first fe- uh, feature, um, where basically he he kind of kickstarted this new documentary craze, where it, it takes the idea that like all the online video kind of thesis v- videos, where they're just kind of ripping video clips from all different movies and then mm. doing a comment on it. Rodney somehow made this movie where he's using footage from The Shining, Ad Nauseam, Eyes Wide Shut, all all the Kubrick movies, tons of other movies, and then having people discuss all the weird fan theories about mm. The Shining. Mm. And I remember, um, do you guys know who Bear McCreary is? Um, no? Wow. We're going to have to go over to another <laughs> podcast and get geeky. He did the score for Battlestar Galactica, The oh, Walking okay. Dead, mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, he's done all of my movies except for the new one, uh, that new Nacho Vigalondo movie, Colossal. He's just oh, he's yeah. embedded mm-hmm. in the geekscape. 
Um, and he knew Rodney because of um, one of his musicians did the score for it. So he asked us over to watch the screening of this crazy little movie that will never go anywhere. Watch the movie, and I loved it, but I'm like, how the hell are you going to pay for the rights for The Shining, like, alone? And it's and he uses it all over the place. Right. And then a week later, he got into Sundance. Wow. It was amazing. And that that kind of forward momentum was able to allow the, the distributor to pay for the licensing for this movie. It's oh. fascinating. If you love The Shining, even if you have a passing liking of The Shining... It it will you'll never see the movie the same way again. And what I love about Rodney's work, especially with Nightmare, um, he has this new show on Shutter called um, Oh God, it's like Split Scream or something like that. We've talked about Shutter. Um, Good service. Oh, I love Shutter. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but he's he has cornered the market in this weird, like postmodern documentary style where mm-hmm. he mostly uses like footage from other things and then breaks it down and explicates it. And then also like the nightmare mm-hmm. shoots new things where this is essentially a documentary, but the way that he shoots like the dramatic recreations are legitimately terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, Holy crap. Yeah, I, I remember I watched it alone for the first time uh, a couple of years back. Oh my God, why would you do like, that to yourself? <gasps> <gasps> it's Shadow Man. <laughs> it's, it's legitimately terrifying. You know, like mm-hmm. the way that he, he, he's a feature film filmmaker in like spirit, but his, like, his heart goes towards like the, the kind of reality stuff and like the non scripted mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I could not recommend that movie higher. Good choice. Yeah. The Nightmare. But it's just cool Ooh. because I, I always thought that topic of sleep paralysis and mm-hmm. even dreams. You know, by itself, they're so fascinating because it's yeah. open to interpretation, and that's terrifying. And have you guys seen it all? No, I haven't. I haven't watched it. Well, no, I have, right. Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on Net- you said it's on Netflix. I'll be on my queue. Yes, it's right. so yes. good. Um, so next time, real quick, uh, let's see. Why what? didn't you ask me what mine were? Oh my god, <laughs> I am it the even worst. Says- so excited. <laughs> He's just really Joe Lynch. Ask, will ask I him. wrote that myself too. I did, I did that. Go oh, ahead, Joe. Joe. What have you watched this Hit week? Us. Absolutely nothing, guys. I don't watch. No, uh, <laughs> no. I could have been a busy week. Really. Aside from Thor, uh, I watched. Um, did you guys see the new that new Netflix movie Wheelman with Frank Grillo? Oh no, I haven't. No. It's great. Um, Joe Carnahan produced it. Uh, this new um, this new director Jeremy. Oh God, like Smith. I think wheel? it is. Uh, wheel man, well, yeah. all oh. one word. Like a driver? Uh, yes. Okay. It's essentially, do you remember that movie that came out a couple of years ago called Lock that Tom Hardy did where it's oh, all, all in, in one car. car? Yeah. This is essentially Lock mixed with uh, Drive. Ooh. It's, okay. it's a movie that takes place entirely in the car mm-hmm. following a wheel man who's hired you know, by a bunch of mobsters to, uh, to drive the car during a heist. And it all takes place in real time. It all takes place over the course of one evening. And it's Frank Grillo from like the Purge movies mm-hmm. and the Grey and all that, essentially in the car by himself, sometimes with other people. I don't want to give too much away. It's riveting. Because in, you're like midway through, you're going, I've never left the car. Not once. There's no shots outside of the car. And if, they, if there are shots outside of the car, it's attached to the car. Mm. Um, I did a movie similar to that uh, a couple of years ago called Everly with uh, Salma Hayek, right. where we essentially did it where we were all in one room and the camera could never leave the room. And this guy comes along and bests me again, like <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, but it's great. And it's on Netflix, so it's absolutely free. Um, well, free for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, but it's great. Like, I, I couldn't recommend it higher, especially if you like Frank Grillo, the guy, he was on Kingdom, that show Kingdom, the right. MMA show. He's just, he's like our new Charles Bronson, I, I feel. Like, there's, oh, okay. there's no legitimate, like, gruff badasses right now, like, older badasses. The guy's in his 50s, and he could l- literally 
beat the crap out of everybody in this entire building <laughs> oh, um, with one hand tied behind his back and blindfolded uh, with stuff in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> and someone cut his leg off. All of us gone. Uh, the second movie that I watched just because it was Halloween was um, the seminal classic Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Ooh. Nice. I just, I had to. It's, it's one of those movies that, like, you know you have your, like, 31 movies that you have to watch during Halloween. It was mm-hmm. one that I forgot last year that I just, I always watch. Uh, I love that movie so much. I've grown up with it, so it's weird where I started connecting with the kids, and now I connect with the adults. <laughs> it's really weird. Although, when you watch the show, and I, like, when you watch the movie, when I was six or seven, when that movie was on HBO every other day, I didn't, they didn't cut it out when it was, they didn't cut any of the stuff out when it was on at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching... Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson rolling joints and smoking like in this PG movie and they're just casually just rolling J's and just having a conversation while totally high. I'm like, man, the 80s were different. <laughs> the 80s was a very PG, different yeah. time. And that was a PG Spielberg yeah. movie and this was done just casually. You'd never see that today. Um, so it, I related to the kids in one respect and now I relate to the adults in a very different way. So, it's, but, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah. so that's what I'm watching, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Anyway, two sides to that coin. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, The Crypt. So, pretty much what we uh, a movie we would like to share with our audience and the panelists here. Um, mm. So, either ones that like people haven't heard of or yeah, generally they probably haven't heard of it okay. or haven't gotten around. Well, you to guys it. go first and I'll I'll okay. try to think of one. But, real quick, I, but so, I can't I can't actually choose the abyss, right? Right. Because no. that would yeah. be weird. That's a little That'd too be, common. That's that would be weird. It's too people meta. know that. I know. Yeah. But it'd also Deeper kind cut. of be like or like is it because it's the previous segment? Like <laughs> I mean, is it just maybe, maybe actually the thing I wanted to recommend was our previous segment. Really? The abyss. I just went meta. So go deeper. I'll think I'll think of something. I'll think of something. Um okay. Well, but first I did want to bring up since it's called the the segment's called The Crypt. You actually have a podcast called Called The Movie Crypt. Right. Uh, but but you guys are more focused. You're just the crypt crypt. Yeah. Right? Whereas like, well, we're just in this one box of movies with a crypt. You guys are like more much more world building and expansive. So have at it. The crypt is yours. We're building we'll just the world. Call, we'll just call our podcast The Movie. <laughs> Be really weird and, and iTunes would probably kick us off. But uh, yeah, I think I think you guys you, you now have the the crypt from now on. It's it's yours. <laughs> no, you're well, you, it will for, forever be yours. But we'll borrow it for now. They okay. can both and exist, coexist. I think so. No, we can be the <laughs> only one. No, I'm kidding. They're different. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to recommend House, um, Japanese film, 1977, directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. Nobuhiko Obayashi, and it's a horror comedy. And, uh, of course, I love my synopsis for some reason. Uh, so it says, a schoolgirl and her six classmates take a trip to her aunt's house in the country home, and in the home tries to devour the girls in completely bizarre ways. Have you guys love, ever seen this? I awesome. love that movie. Yeah, dude. It's I've ever seen, seen it in the theater? I've no, seen House, I would love to the see other it in one. theater. Uh, it's funny, because that was going to be my recommendation, Steve Miner's House. You can still say it, because I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I just said it. It's, all, it's my second choice. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one, though. There's a lot of people that haven't heard I of it. I love yeah. that movie. William Cat, greatest American hero, versus mm-hmm. Night Court's Richard Maul as a zombie in a house, directed by one of the guys who played uh, was it Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees? It was one of those guys. Uh, but I love that movie. Anyway, but it's not as good as your house. Oh. <laughs> Wait, do you have a do you have a house up there? 
No, I believe the... we do have the house picture. That's up there. a chopping mall robot. Nice That's try, a... guys. <laughs> yeah, it has a crazy cover. It's I love so that cover good. It too. even has a Criterion disc. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's part of the like, Criterion come collection. On. Yeah. Um, why I like it, it's it's fucking batshit's crazy. It's unlike anything I've ever really seen before in like today's standards. Um, it's hilarious. It's super tongue in cheek because it has characters like Prof. Like, one of the girls named Pro, they call her Prof, and then she's, like, the smart one. And then there's a girl called Gorgeous, and she's, like, the pretty one. And there's one called Kung Fu. She knows I Kung love Fu. It. <laughs> so, there, I'm sensing there's, like, some archetypes in this film. Oh. I think so. Just kind of. So maybe some just, just a little, little just a smidge, yeah. All right, all right. Well, Gorgeous dies, huh? And She's got to die. Dude, they die. <laughs> the way they die is, you guys got to watch this. Okay. It's so it's crazy. funny. Oh, my God. But it's also very scary, and some of the parts can be really, really creepy and very... Okay. Um, okay. Where, Haunting, where yeah. can you watch this one at? Um, Criterion. I would. My best guess would be uh, Hulu because Hulu, Hulu does have a lot of Criterion Collection. Um, uh, the Criterion Collection also started their own streaming site. Um, uh, the name escape, escapes me right now, but they have their own site as well, um, where you can uh, sign up and you get Criterion Collection. And then, as I would also just always check Amazon. I'm sure you can rent it for like three bucks, four bucks. For the HD, SD, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's where I usually watch movies, rent movies where um, I can't find them anywhere else. Hopefully they're on Amazon, rent them, boom. Cool. And that's mine. Okay. All right. Uh, mine, I'm pulling up on my phone. Um, so mine is Black Sheep. Oh, that's right. And not the comedy, because I know there is a comedy. Man. Uh, though it is funny. Uh, so it's from 2006, and it's from um, New Zealand. So an experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize a sprawling New Zealand farm. So it's one of those, like, there's, you know, 50,000 sheep to one human ratio, and it's like, it's where they're were sheep, and they just go crazy. They're and were sheep. Awesome. Were sheep. There is a were sheep in it. <laughs> oh. And it's it a great is movie. so I... over the top, and that's what I love about it. It's super funny. Like, it does not take itself seriously. It feels like an early Peter Jackson movie. Yeah, it's oh, just... Oh, like Dead Alive? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just like... gorgeous, too, because it's New Zealand, and then there's just... Just bizarre, because you're like, wait, killer sheep? What? Uh, yeah, so if you want a bloody good time and, like, funny, I think Bledge, uh, Black Sheep is hilarious. Right. It's just this, too fun. It sounds like one of the movies that I would, like, lump with, um, what is it, uh, Zombievers? And yeah, I'd, get, and I'd yeah. get, like, really drunk with my friends and just watch them. Uh, <laughs> it's better. It's better than uh, Yeah, I was going to say, the quality not, of it's Not to really the detriment of anybody yeah. associated <laughs> right. with Zombievers, but, it's just, but Black Sheep is great. Because oh, even the, though it's, like, super cheesy, it's done, like, high-quality film. It's not made as a B-horror movie. Oh, I'm so in. That's awesome. Kind of like Dead that's, Snow? Yeah. Like, the way Dead Snow was kind of like... Yeah, like Dead Snow. Like we talked about Dead Snow. Yeah, that's, a good, yeah. that's another good yeah. comparison. So Dead Snow 2. I knew Yeah, we talked... I was like... Red versus Dead. Yeah. There's comedy. So good. Like, Derek Mears is in it. It's so, so yes. good. So much better than the first one, too. Oh, man, I, I love gotta, that movie. Yeah, I gotta watch that, too. That was and then, talks on last week. What? Oh, yes. Ollie? Sorry. Are yes. you good? Sorry. Okay. No, sorry. I'm still mm. thinking about the wear sheep. Um, it's... I, I, just, I definitely need to see this movie, but I just remember the trailer a long time ago watching it, like, right? over and over again. <laughs> and then I remember the, the scene where it's at the end of the trailer where, like, they're just looking to the distance and they see, like, a flock of the sheep coming and they don't yep. know that they're, like, wear sheep, but... I need to watch this movie, but my yes. movie is The House of the Devil, two, oh. 2009. I don't know if you guys have seen, seen this one, but it's... I have oh, yeah. My friends highly yeah. recommended it. Ty West, he's the director, writer, and editor. He did VHS. He did ABCs of Death. He did the M for Miscarriage, if you mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. one. 
Um, but the synopsis reads, in 1983, financially struggling college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret, putting her life in mortal danger. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but yeah, definitely this film pays tribute to 70s and 80s horror films. It looks like it's straight from the 80s mm-hmm. to me. And even they even shot it on film, um, 16 millimeters. And um, it they only did this movie, it took 18 days to um, complete. Wow. To shoot. And so it's very, very... I would say it's a little slow, but like despite it being slow... They like to call it slow burn. Yeah, slow yeah. burn. Slow burn. We bring that up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but... I feel like you're still like you're on the edge of your seat when you watch this movie, and you're just like, "Oh God, what's coming? Going to come out of that corner?" I don't know. Have you ever seen this? Oh my God, I oh. saw the premiere. I was, yeah. I was at the premiere. Oh my yep. God, and mm. and it terrified people. The part with AJ Bowen when he realizes when uh, is it Greta Gerwig um, when she's when not she, the babysitter? Yeah, is one of the moments that I'll never forget in the theater because. Well, first off, he blows her away. You don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. The crowd Dude. got off their feet. It was. Amazing! Like I, you don't get that that opportunity to like totally freak out an audience like that that they just didn't see it coming, um, and and plus their whole like satanic panic thing was in the eighties was becoming a thing. So yeah. I think Ty like really tapped into that. I mean, mm. he's one of the most exciting filmmakers working today, like because he's just jumping from you know from this movie to the um, oh god what what's the um, what's the one that uh, he did with the. Um, the haunted houses that he did with like Pat Healy and Sarah Paxton, uh, the innkeepers. Oh, um, that's he did that too. one. He did the Testament. Um, you know, he did uh, in the Valley of, of uh, was it in the Valley of Madness or something like that. In the Valley of Violence, uh, okay. the um, John Travolta western. So it's like he's oh, he's hopping okay. from genre to genre, but he also kind of leaves his permanent stamp with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and House of the Devil, I think, is arguably one of the best horror movies of like the last ten fifteen years. Um, and, and at the same time, you look at it and go, like, that was made in 79. Yeah. Like, down to the title yeah, cards and everything. Yeah. Even, like, they would zoom in really, really quickly like they did, they did in the 80s. And you're just totally. like, what the heck? Yeah, it feels like it, they totally got the style right. Yeah, but I definitely recommend this. It's such a hidden gem, and I'm surprised a lot, mm-hmm. not a lot of more people know about this. So please, please watch this movie. I think it was on... I watched it on Netflix a couple years ago. I thought it was ago. on Netflix. I, was like, it, I, was, I, don't know I it, saw it on Netflix, I don't yeah, know if it's but still it on Netflix, years ago. but... I don't know. Check it out. Please, I think please, The Innkeepers is on Netflix, so. Yeah. That's a great, that's another been, great movie. I've been meaning to check that out. Dang, it's been on my queue. And Joe, do you have? Let me think. Um, okay. Uh, I will recommend, uh, just because it's the first thing that popped in my head uh, uh, at this moment, was um, Wes Craven's Serpent in the Rainbow. Yes. Oh yeah. And the reason why is because so uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, just put out a new Blu-ray uh, oh, cool. in the last nice. couple months. And it's one of those movies that I, like when you mentioned, um, I think it was it just like the, the whole old feel and how mm-hmm. I felt like when I saw that in the theater. Um, I used to have this kind of deal with my dad where he would take me to the movies on a weeknight if I got my homework done. Huh. So the, uh, you know, all the movies that I remember like earning, like mm-hmm. Silver Bullet and, um, oh, God, what was another one? Uh, Creepshow 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Serpent of the Rainbow, uh, the, the fly. What? <laughs> Ten-year-old, no, not even, I was nine when my dad took me to the theater Your to see David Cronenberg's awesome. <laughs> The Fly. He didn't like them. My mom was the one who liked them. Actually, oh. my mom uh, took me to my first movie when I was two, which was Dawn of the Dead. Oh. She couldn't find a babysitter. <laughs> my mom rules. Uh, but what was great was that she got me Fangoria 
issues like right after ah. to show me like don't mm-hmm. worry this is how the sausage is made like <laughs> it, it's all fake um, but it really helped me kind of be able to, to see past the the, the scares right. and to see how they actually did it and I but I remember when Wes Craven you know at that point he was the Nightmare on Elm Street guy you know he was you know he'd made Deadly Friend and um, I think Shocker came out before this but he wanted to do something a lot more serious and so Bill Pullman plays um, uh, an investigator who goes to uh, Haiti uh, mm-hmm. to basically investigate these voodoo trappings and gets kind of sucked into the world of voodoo himself and I just remember how unrelentingly dreadful the movie is like you just sit there and, and, and the, like you just you're cringing the entire time mm-hmm. and there's a sequence in the movie where Bill Pullman who is Lone Star from, from Spaceballs at least when right. I saw it I'm like hey it's Lone Star why are they burying him and it's terrifying because you know he gets turned into you know an old school zombie like there's not not the Romero zombies but the mm-hmm. kind of the, white the Haitian white zombie the Val Luton the old fashioned zombie mm-hmm. where yeah it's it was more... a pharmacy company researching stuff so that they could supposedly do it for yes. um, anesthesia mm-hmm. right and he unfortunately gets this powder blown on him mm-hmm. and then he goes through the same thing that everybody else goes through and I. Other than, say, maybe Kill Bill Volume 2, I've never seen a movie where I truly felt trapped mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. that coffin with him. I mean, you know, there's that Ryan Reynolds movie, Buried, uh, right. or whatever it was, which was fine, but it became more like it was more of a joke than anything else mm. that wore out very quickly. And that's a, that sort of thing, like, you don't want to punish the audience for them being in this one space for so long, but if you do it in a sequence, like the way that Wes Craven did that in, um, in Serpent of the Rainbow... It it doesn't leave you, you know. Like it it's makes it its personal stamp, and then thirty years later, you're talking about it on a video podcast. You know, like <laughs> that, that. I knew back then. I'm like, I'm gonna be talking about this someday <laughs> on a newfangled technology mm-hmm. that I like. I don't. I can't quite wrap my head around now, but I want to talk about this movie. <laughs> and uh, and the the new version on the Blu-ray has like new interviews and everything. It's really great. Um, but if you haven't seen Serpent of the Rainbow and you want to veer outside of the Wes Craven comfort zone. Um, I'd recommend that one. Right on. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, that movie, it feels like it has some sort of musk to it, like when you're watching it. Like that dread. You, f- you feel yeah. a little dirty afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like he, you get the, the kind of grime under your fingernails. You feel like yeah. you've been buried. Yeah. Um, and by using someone like Bill Pullman, who was very a very likable actor, he was he just, he seemed like a... A normal guy that you'd have beers with or whatever, but then you see him being put through the ringer the way that these characters do, and you just you feel for him and you the empathy that you have and you watch how he goes through this horrible night. It's a nightmare. It's a waking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment where they strap him down and they're torturing him. That any anyone who watches the movie and doesn't cross their legs while watching this film, especially guys, is yeah. dead when they're watching it because it's. Brutal, but it doesn't show you anything, right? And that's the power of Wes Craven is that he could have, especially back then when he had carte blanche. You know, like do you remember um, Deadly Friend? Did you ever see Deadly Friend with Christy Swanson? There's a part where the old guy, the old woman from Throw Mama from the Train, is in that movie, and she gets this is a gif. You can look it up. uh, Gets a basketball thrown at her by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, (laughs) and it's this gratuitously disgusting basketball shot where it, it hits the, the, the dummy's head and in slow motion just <laughs> it's amazing. It looks like you guys were standing right next to her. 
But you know, back then he could get away with that because he was the you know he was the Freddy guy, and then right. mm-hmm. Splatter was the the kind of um, you know genre du jour at that moment. So he could have gone very gory, and he didn't, and it actually made it more disturbing. So and and I think that that was I think it's one of Wes Craven's best movies. Dropping the mic now. <laughs> Dropping That's it. it. <laughs> We're done. All right. So let's just uh, move along and uh, let's get to mayhem now. Finally. Oh boy, that thing, that old chestnut. The whole yeah. Mayhem. A virus spreads. A virus called ID. That's all you need to know. A virus spreads. <laughs> That's it. And it spreads through an office complex, causing white collar workers to work out their most, their to work out, to act out their worst impulses. Right on. So that's the synopsis. Uh, go ahead and we'll just play the trailer and we'll talk over that. Um, well, I think yeah. necessarily all the worst impulses, because some of them you're like, all right. Some but, of those posts yeah, are it's pretty good. It's, some of just, them are okay. They're just impulses. You know, they're just like, <laughs> you just have sometimes no you're really happy. Yeah, it, like you don't have that moral tourniquet that tells you I shouldn't be doing this yeah. or I shouldn't be right. displaying this or I shouldn't be doing this in public. And, uh, and, and this movie was shot in lovely Belgrade, Serbia. Now I'm doing a running commentary. Serbia? Uh, I was curious. I know why not? In the credits. No. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it was um, at first. It was on one level. It was purely financial because okay. um, the movie that I had done before this, Everly, um, we went to Serbia okay. purely for financial reasons. Believe me, it was not my first choice to be like, I want to go halfway well, around a, the world. You're in a building the whole time, so it's that was one of the advantages. That was part of the, the my like initial pitch with the movie was like, I can shoot it in Timbuktu, and then they're like, How, well, how about Timbuktu? And I'm like, <laughs> Ah, that was a saying. Um, but when I was there making Everly, I had such an amazing time with the crew. The crews were fantastic. The, the local cast was mm-hmm. great. Just everybody that was there made that experience worth me exploring going back to Serbia um, mm. okay. for this one. Because um, like when you're a filmmaker, time is money. And yes. yeah. you know, if every day counts. If we made this movie in Pittsburgh or Louisiana or Vancouver, which we checked out, it would have been 15 days or 16 mm. days. Whereas we went to Serbia and it was 26 days. Oh, okay. Nice. And the difference between a 16-day movie and a 26-day movie is huge. Yes. So it was, for, on that level, totally financial. On, um, on a practical level, I was able to come back and work with all these great people that I had already worked with. Like, when we called them, they actually said, like, oh, so the guy with all the blood from the last film, you come back. We have more blood from your last movie. We use rest. <laughs> And it was, and they did. We totally used a lot of the blood from Everly. So thank you, Everly. That's awesome. Um, but but working with that crew again was maybe the only reason why I got what I got because everybody was so in sync. Mm-hmm. It's like you know when you guys sit down here, you can have a shorthand. I had the same thing with a lot of these nice. guys. So as much as I did not want to go halfway around the world and be away from my family, knowing that I was going to be able to put more on screen and get what little money I we had to put on screen as possible it made all the difference you know so so that's why we were in Serbia again um, but again it was a fantastic time I, I really could not have made the movie without them so thank you Serbia I know you're <laughs> yeah. watching thank you Serbia all right so um, just a quick little overview of the of the film uh, release date November 10th right um, I love it. Lim- it's correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, limited, <laughs> limited release. release. Yes. Right. Limited release, but also VOD and iTunes movies. Um, it's a basically it, it's it's a basically available everywhere. <laughs> I'm turning Italian. Uh, 
But uh, no, we're playing in select theaters uh, around the country. Um, I would highly recommend seeing in the theater, oh, mainly yeah. because we shot it super wide. We we mixed it really loud. Um, and this is the type of movie that you want to see with a crowd. You want to like mm-hmm. it's it's a fun movie, and mm-hmm. I deliberately made that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you work in this town and you hear people say like, "Oh my god, I loved your movie. It's so fun." It's kind of bullshit. It's like a, it's a passive aggressive way of actually saying like I didn't like it, but I don't want to tell you to your I face. I said fun earlier, and I mean it. So. No, no, <laughs> okay. And but I'm like, I, but and I would say this movie's fun, and we mean it. Literally. I we deliberately mean wanted to make a movie that was a fun right. blast of a yes. movie because when you when you're dealing with kind of office politics and mm-hmm. and you know, the minutia behind all those dumb politics, and then watching these characters do really awful things yeah. while they're infected. I think if I didn't have a sense of humor to it, or if my actors weren't as charming as they were, mm-hmm. I think the movie would come off really mean. Yeah. And I did yeah. not want that. Like, I wanted people to have fun. I wanted this to be a roller coaster ride. I didn't want yes. it to be a lecture. I didn't want it to be a punishing experience like some of those, like, old, old, old but like 10 year old French films where you're just like, that was an exercise in <laughs> brutality. You know, it's like, no, I, I want people to have fun with it. So mm-hmm. that's really the kind of vantage point that I was coming from, the point of view. And uh, and thankfully, you know, people have responded to it. But we think you succeeded. Oh, yes. thank you guys. I love it. Um, <laughs> but but taking it to like the festivals since we've been doing festivals since um, March, mm-hmm. and it has been a wild ride. But I've been able to see it in front of an audience. And some movies are just not, like you can tell are not made for the the big screen as much as others. Mm. You know. But we tried to shoot this thing as wide as possible, and we tried to make it seem like something that, you know, even down to the sound design being where you feel like you're in the building because the 5.1 is, like, behind you and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We tried to make it feel like you were in there with them. Mm -hmm. And every time we've shown it um, with, with audiences, you know, big and small, it's always been people cheering and laughing, and I'm like... This is what I do it for, you know. Yeah. It, it, and it's not the same when it's at home and someone's like texting and watching at the same time, and you just want to like burst in the wall down like the Kool Aid Man and be like, "Oh yeah, now stop watching that. You're you're texting, watch the movie. You can't control that." But at least in the theater, you know that you're going to be able to see a good presentation of it with hopefully other people, maybe some disgruntled employees, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can save uh, save everybody from going postal or whatever. Um, Quit but yeah. your office job. <laughs> that, that's basically the message. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're playing in theaters and VOD. It's everywhere this weekend. Nice. Any reactions during any of the festivals surprise you? Or was or any moments where reactions surprised you? Yeah. Um, a, every time a boss got killed uh, or oh. like one, one of the kind of employees, lots of cheers. Like, I did not see that coming. Um, another one was uh, there is a, a, a very buried, or at least I thought it was buried, there's a very much like mixed buried... Mixed berries. I should never use that. <laughs> there's a mixed berries joke. Uh, no, there's a there's a joke that I added in the um, post production stage mm-hmm. that was just kind of like off the top of our heads, mainly because one of the ADR guys that came in, they we do like a loop group thing where we have mm-hmm. like ten or fifteen people come in and they do all the oohs and ahs and all the people yelling and screaming f you in the background. Oh, okay. Uh, can I say F you? Yeah, you can. Can I say fuck you? you yeah, you can. Okay. You already did, so oh. you're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, someone was going to bleep it out, if anything. Sorry, uh, sorry, Steve. Steve is in, the, in the room. No, it's fine. All right, sorry, Steve. <laughs> hey. Um, so while we were doing this loop group day, and you know we're doing improv lines, we have like specific lines that we needed done, mm-hmm. uh, we called lunch, and then when we came back, uh, one of the guys who um, 
one of the guys who was in the loop group, clearly went to lunch in his car and smoked a big fat joint. <laughs> so he walked in and it was just like, whoa, woo, somebody's having a shirt laundry party or something. Um, and, uh, and I don't know what kind of compelled the moment, but I go, hey, did you smoke in there? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know that movie Half-Baked? He's like, yeah. And I and I mentioned to him there's like a joke in the movie where one of the characters goes like fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool fuck you I'm out right yeah you caught that I huh? caught that yeah I was like that that, that that's was just the that was born purely out of improv because there was a guy who was high in the ADR it room was and, <laughs> and I threw it in but I threw it in it was something that was never planned and yet every single screening that we've been to it gets the biggest goddamn laugh and I sit there and. Part of me is going like, well, now I know who I'm going to party with after the movie. So, <laughs> someone's holding. Uh, but but it's just one of those moments of inspiration that was born purely organic from from this process that was not fully planned out that ended up being like one of the, the more memorable moments of the movie. Now, hmm. did I think that a half-baked joke would, you know, best a lot of the kind of scripted jokes that we had? No. God damn it. Like, <laughs> d- d- did not see that coming at all. But, um, but look, any... Any idea that comes your way that ends up being like a good idea is always beneficial to the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a great story. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that. He didn't every, sound like he was. Every time. He was like, oh, no, that was a great story. No, I'm just, you know, Anthony's half baked right now, so just, he's kind of just like nodding and you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Every time I heard that, I was like, that can't be from half. Yes, it is. Yep. That's shocking. That's Not, yeah, awesome. but you lo- like, love who it. doesn't love those kind of Easter eggs though? Right? It feels mm-hmm. like you're hanging out with friends and they say a quote and you're like, "Oh yeah, like I know that movie too." And it's like it, using pop culture in a way to just kind of connect us even further, mm-hmm. even if it is happy. Because in my head, I was like, "No, that's too random. This is a horror comedy. That was just a stoner comedy." Like, Welcome to the world of I Joe can't. Lynch, where deep <laughs> deep pulls and quotes from Risky Business and talking about Dave Matthews Band permeates through my work. <laughs> oh, that's right, Dave Matthews Band. That was great too. Um, you had a cameo in the film. Sure. Yeah. Or I guess you can call it that. Ray the IT guy. Ray the IT guy. Oh yes. my god. Yeah. So I actually was able to find the clip here. Oh great. I love the um it's not on the clip, but I love the clip afterwards where he says Doc, doctor can't do much until you tell me where it hurts. That was so funny. So that um I, am I allowed to talk over my terrible yeah. acting? Well actually, um no, let's let's well. give it its time and then we'll give you Ray! <laughs> I'm really busy right now. <laughs> Fucking, why don't you fucking work? <laughs> uh, <Ray>! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Hi. Hey. We need your help. Holy shit. Burning of the Reaper? How'd that happen? Well, we asked for his help, and then he said he was busy. <laughs> really? Welcome to IT. <laughs> I need you to hack into someone's computer. And I need Interpol to get off my back, so what else is fucking new? What are we talking about? <laughs> Irene Smythe. Oh, fuck her. Yeah, I love that. That's where it ends. So, oh, uh, so the story behind that was um, I ran out of Serbian uh, actors who could speak English. Mm. To, no no <laughs> joke. You know, because we shot in Serbia, my talent pool was kind of relegated to just the you know the the local serbian actors but also london and spain and germany and stuff but really pickens were slim and we were running out of budget so we we had to find someone local and just could not find anybody with that would be good that looked the part but also could make it so that i didn't have to dub them after mm-hmm. and like 
the week before we wrapped and we still didn't find the guy and my producer's like why don't you do it and he's like you do that acting thing I'm like no, look the last thing that I want to do right now is to I just want to make my days man I just I don't want to act too um, but I had such a good time with Steven and Samara and it was almost like well, I want to play too. Right. So the second to last day, and it was their last day on shooting. Um, I surprised everybody. That that mustache, totally I was real. Ask the hair oh, and the mustache. The hair and the mustache, it looks all great. real. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Uh, I had a full because I do like a production beard. Like the day, the first day of shooting, I just I let it go, and uh, and then just let it cultivate itself. But by the time we were done shooting, I had a nice thick bush, <laughs> and uh, and I whacked it all off and just kept the porn stash and boy, the, the looks that I got on set no one knew it was me at first, they were just like who is this guy, get to, get the porn actor offset I had trouble like and that wig too? Yeah, that like, wasn't a wig, that okay, was me I was, oh, sorry, oh, that's no, what I that said, I no, said no. is that your hair? All real, that okay. was all real yeah, that was all me I kind of miss it, I know, I, I do I do kind of miss it well, I also you were hilarious, the, what are you talking about? Like, I miss the 40 pounds that I was also all that meat, all that Serbian meat, man holy crap, but again, it's one of those things where it's like it was born out of necessity mm-hmm. and thankfully I, I thankfully I remembered my lines enough to, to be able to make the day but uh, it was a blast and it was just working with those guys was just so much fun that I wanted to play too. Nice. Um, so I wanted to ask you uh, so what, what's this moment what, sorry I can't even talk right now. So I know, you're this, so nervous that I'm I here. I, I'm I so excited. Uh, <laughs> what does this film um, mean to you, and what do you want the audience to take from it after they view it? Uh, well, I mean, the movie has a very clear message at the end of the film, which I don't want to give away because you can see it November 10th Ayo. on theaters and VOD, so find out for yourself. But it does it does have a message, and, um, you know, I this is definitely my most personal movie. I never thought I would ever say that. Mm. Um, and usually you're supposed to keep that for your like your Oscar movie. But mm-hmm. uh, I was working a corporate job in between movies, you know, and that's just kind of the harsh reality of what it's like to work in the business. So if you want to make movies, you really got to want to make movies because it's not a normally financially stable model for people. Um, so so after I was done with Everly, I had to work. So I ended up working for this corporate job and. It just wasn't really for me, but I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And when Mayhem came along, I got it while I was working there. So I read it in my cubicle, and I'm just going like, "Is someone writing this for me? Can they watch <laughs> me?" Like, it just it, I I completely connected to the character. And you know, in the past, the other movies that I've done, I've always wanted to make those movies, but this one, I just felt like this weird. For the first time, really, I felt this weird inherent need to make this movie, and that was really the driving force for the movie all the way through. And you know. The, everything that happens to Derek mirrors me. So the fact that I'm here with you guys now talking about my movie is proof positive that you do have to kind of follow your passions and don't let work kind of envelop you and don't let life, life's decisions or life's responsibilities hold you back from making art and, and making yourself happy. So it's a you know it's a it's a nice message movie wrapped up with a lot of blood and nail guns and buzz saws. So <laughs> yeah. did someone steal your coffee mug? Yes, they did. Yes, they goddamn did. <laughs> yes, they did. God damn it. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's just... Well, it's it's one of the things that I remember from the corporate world. Um, like, that was the beauty of having to work in the corporate world while I was de- developing this, because I was, like, taking notes. Like, every time someone said, let's discuss, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use that one. Um, <laughs> but in this case, like, yeah, I had a, I had a coffee mug. Oh, it was, it was a coffee mug with my, do- my Boston Terrier on it, and it Aww. just disappeared one day. What? I was devastated. But that's, like, one of the few things that when you're working in a very sterile environment like the corporate world, you only get so much. That mm-hmm. shows like this is who I am, and mm-hmm. 
you know, and we we specifically designed that mug to be very indicative of like either who Derek was or his feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, actual Easter egg for that mug. Uh, that mug is actually designed after Bruce Lee's um, jumpsuit in Game of Death. Mm. So and and which is a which is very much very uh, yeah. reminiscent of Mayhem. So yeah. uh, so there, all you Bruce Lee fans out there, there you go. And You're he welcome. actually used it as a weapon at one point. Mm-hmm. That was, that was yep. awesome. I love that. Even the mug has an arc. The mug knuckles. Mug knuckles. <laughs> God damn it! Why didn't I think of that? Yep. Hashtag mug knuckles. Hashtag mug knuckles. Hashtag me at mug knuckles, please. <laughs> no, no, no. Hashtag mug knuckles at me. Don't hashtag me and then get some guy named mug knuckles. Be really weird. So unfortunately, we are wrapping. We have to wrap. Um, just I wanted to say I just want to give you, um, just a this the uh, the platform, the stand, the stage. One last time, just to say. Pretty much whatever you'd like to say um, pertaining to your film or just um, aspiring uh, filmmakers in general. Wow. No pressure at all. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know what? Um, look, if you like uh, movies about workplace uh, hassles, if you hate your job, if you hate your boss, if you've always wanted to... Like, stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. This is the movie for you. All I ask, don't steal the movie. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of choices out there. I know you don't have a lot of money to spend on content. I know because, you know, every, every, your Hulus and your Netflixes have it all. But a lot of people put a lot of effort into making this movie, and it was not a big-budget film. And that whole fallacy of, like, oh, no one's going to know if I press this button. And everybody's saying that. So that means that those residuals that are the reason why I'm being forced to go back to the corporate world... No. Are, that that's that's how it happens. Um, so, say, save me from having to go back to work, please, or at least work on the next movie instead of going mm-hmm. back to corporate life. Don't steal the movie. It, it's yeah. you'll feel better about yourself. My kids will be happy. They don't have to eat bread sandwiches anymore. <laughs> God damn it, bread <laughs> sandwiches. Um, but yeah, like so. See the movie. Uh, it comes out November tenth uh, on VOD in theaters. I recommend theaters, but if you can't. Go see it on VOD or iTunes. On the biggest screen you can find. <laughs> Even if your screen is the biggest screen. And if your screen is really that big, then I'm coming to your house and I'm watching the movie with you. And I want an invite. Done. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that does it for episode six of uh, Horror Movie News. Again, you can find me everywhere at uh, Tony B. Dead, T-O-N-Y-B-D-E-D. Okay. And uh, you guys can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And I'm all over Jen. Follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. And I'm at the Joe Lynch. And there you go. (laughs) Boom. Done. Out. Peace out. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 